<laughs> All right, let's get going. Agitin Chaydesh, yeah? We're, we're after Shkia, so let's go. Agitin Chaydesh, Marcheshvan, here we go. Today's daf is daf Kuf Yud. Page 110, we pick up on the very top line of the daf with the Mishnah. A lot, lot, lot to do today. Let us get cracking. A number of different uh, ideas, and uh, we're going to start out these ideas. We have a few Mishnaisim, but we're going to start out the first two Mishnaisim are going to give us the last two decrees of Admain that, uh, that he established in Jerusalem. So here we go. Hamaitzi Starchayv al Chavere. Listen closely. This is going to be, this is going to have a lot to do with payments and paybacks and uh, what happens if somebody pays back when he didn't really have to pay back and really could, just could have been a lien. So is he being maida? Is he really agreeing that, that nothing was really owed? So Hamaitzi Starchayv al Chavere. Ruvain pulls out a document saying that Shimon owes him money. So far, so good, yeah? The document says clearly Shimon owes him money. So what does Shimon do? He says, yeah, okay, you claim I owe you money, and that's your document. Well, guess what? I have a document that shows that you sold me a field. Now remember, again, when Reuven lends money to Shimon, the fields of Shimon become Meshubin. So now, when Shimon's going to go and pay back, would Reuven sell a field to Shimon while Shimon owes him money? Or would we say, why would Reuven do that? Fakir, as soon as Shimon gives you the money, you were paid back. That's the easiest way to get your thing paid back. So what's happening is like this. Reuven comes Shimon, you owe me money with a document. Shimon comes with a document and says, no, I don't. Because, and I'll prove it to you. You actually sold me. You gave me a field when I gave you money. Why would you do that if I owed you money? You would have just taken the money and run and used that as repayment. Chavar, you're asking to this or no? Good. Why not? Because... Okay, because you're going to say it's two separate transactions. I owe you All right. money, but I'm going to leverage this and buy this nursing home, and even though I still owe you $100,000. All right, so let's see how the Mishnah, you, let's see how the Mishnah describes how we use leverage. So, Adam and Amar Admin says, Yochol Husha Yaymar Shimon, the borrower, is able to tell Reuven, listen, if I would have owed you that money, you, would have, you should have taken my money and paid yourself up with it as soon as you sold me the field. Not like we were trying to say, but Chamer and the Chamer say no. Listen, yeah. He says, like you're like 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 we're saying, it's two separate it's two separate He has his own cheshbainus. He has his own ideas that um, that uh, Ruvain, who lent money to Shimon, has his own ideas. And you know what? He his idea was as follows: Let me sell land to Shimon. Shimon's given him money. See now Shimon owns land. You know what happens to that land? More land, that's Meshubah to Ruvim. Yeah, he's got a lien on more land. So now he has Shimon's money for the land, and he still has a lien. But what does it hurt me? What does it hurt me? It's a separate cheshbon. You know, it's a separate cheshbon. my time with You know, when Admin says that, you know, uh, Shimon could say to Ruvim, why would you sell me the field? If I owed you the money, what's wrong with that taina? And the Gemara, because Biasra, the other Zuz of Hadar Kosvishtara, if they usually would give over the money and then write the document of sale, Kul Yamala, Piggy, Dimalti Yamala, everybody would certainly agree that Shimon will say, listen, they should have taken your money back. However, keep leaky, Basra, the Kosvishtara, Vadar Yavi Zuze, where the document's given over and then the money is paid. Admin Zamar, Admin says over there, he should have let it be known. Ruvain should have let it be known beforehand that despite the fact that he's selling a field to Shimon, it, it, Shimon still owes him money. And he didn't do that. 
Same swara we said yesterday. Everybody's got a best friend who they tell secrets to. Hence, Ruvain did not want to say that because even if he were to make a statement, because if he were to make a statement in Bezdin saying what his intention is, so Shimon won't buy the field in the first place. He'll never give him the money. And hence, that's why Ruvain didn't say it. And there's no time on Ruvain for not opening his mouth prior to. Okay, fine. Pass like the Rabbah. Good. We don't say Allah. Right. Rabbi Gamil doesn't say Allah. Okay. Final halacha of Admain. Shnaim shaitsiu shtar chayv ze'alze. Now, instead of Ruvain pulling out a document that Shimon borrowed money, and then Shimon pulling out a document that Shimon sold him a field, here's what happened. Ruvain pulls out a document that Shimon owes him money. Shimon then pulls out a document saying, Ruvain owes him money. So Admain Aimer, listen. Shimon could say to Ruvain, your document obviously is null and void. Because why would you afterwards go borrow money from me if I owed you money? What do you, if you needed money, you'll come demand the money as a repayment. Yeah, you'll come collect. You're not going to come and borrow money. Hence, my document says, Shimon, my later document is the only document that's left standing. Your document's out the window. Why would you do that? However, okay. Now, Rashi points out that you know obviously we're dealing with a case where it's similar amounts that they're lending uh, they're lending to each other. But uh, Rashi says what's going to happen here is it's not an easy switch, and I'll tell you why. And this is what we're going to get into now um, uh, uh, in the Mishnah Gemara, and that's fascinating. When somebody borrows money and land becomes mishubed they're each going to be able to collect different types of land. Oh, yeah. So you can't say everything is necessarily a fair exchange. So hence what we're going to say is, Shimon, you, Ruben, you have a document, Shimon borrowed money from you? Okay, Shimon's not paying you back? Go take Shimon's land. Shimon, you have a document that Ruben is not paying you? Fine. So your document is valid? You'll take land from Ruben. But just to go ahead, even if it's the same amount, and to cancel each other out, that's also not fair. So, you, you mamish... Cre- you, you have to take and follow through on the, on the uh, payment. It has to be the same value, but you're saying that land can be different. Can pull, because if it's not, it's ribbus, right? If it's not the, well, it's certainly, it's right. Worth, it has to be the same value of land, but value, what I want to mean is like this. Well, you're saying it's different character of land, like one is... Uh, different quality. Yes. Different quality of land, and that's what, we're, that's what we're about to get into. This is very interesting. We're going to get into a fascinating machlekes, eventually, which is going to be that... We're familiar in other areas of Shas, and this we're going to get into now. There's three types of land when it comes to sales and loans. There's Idias, which is the best, Bainanus, middle quality, and Ziburis, the, lo- the, less, the least expensive, the cheapest land. Is that objective or subjective? <laughs> Meaning, when I, when I have a right to collect Bainanus land, if somebody has an incredible portfolio of real estate, their baininess is going to be a higher quality baininess of somebody else's. That's if you say that these things are all subjective. Based on that person. Exactly, yeah. It's a subjective baininess. Or do we say that no, idias, baininess, and ziburis is all objective. It's not dependent on your portfolio. It's not dependent on the person. And and now, Lafi the Mishnah, I want to point out, if the, according to Chacham in the Mishnah, who say that everybody should just collect, it seems that it's subjective. Because otherwise, who cares? 
Why is it so necessary for everybody to collect the land from the other guy? Betaness is a subjective thing. It's an it's a objective thing. So you're all collecting the same land. You're all getting the same. You're getting the same quality land. So you hold on to you. You have a doctor saying, "Are you a thousand? I'm like, "When you hold a thousand? Why should we switch pockets?" That's if it's objective, a set amount. But if it's subjective, I'm taka. When I lent you the money, I had my mind knowing that you're, there, there's specific lands that I can have access to if you default, and and uh, and vice versa. You know, okay. It might be worth the same. Itmar, we learn Two people come with documents against each other. Ruvain says has a document that Shimon borrowed money from him. Shimon has a document that Ruvain borrowed money from him. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Each one should collect. Rav says, Why in the world are they switching pockets? What do they gain? Ruvain has a document that Shimon lent him $1,000. Okay, paying back $1,000. Shimon's document, Ruvain borrowed $1,000. Paying back $1,000. What's the purpose? Hold on to your money. Farvas nisht. Says the Gemara, listen to this. The Kuli Alma, everybody's in agreement. Idius the Idius. If each one, if Ruvain and if Ruvain and Shimon um, each have Idius, top quality land, Bainanis or Bainanis, or they each have Bainanis land, Ziburis Vidiburis, Ruven and Shimon each have uh, lower quality land, inferior land to collect one. Vadai Hafuchi Metarosahu, there's no point. Again, if it's an objective quality, so then there's no point on each one paying up. Hold on to your own thing. Keep leaky. Where's their machlekes? This lechad beinus lechad ziburus. Let's say Reuven only has um, middle uh, middle quality land, and Shimon has lower quality land. So now Rav Nachman saw Rav Nachman's going to say, "Listen, granted they each own this, they each owe, they owe each other the same amount financially, but." If they default on the amount paid, and now the lands have liens, one's going to end up with middle quality, one's going to end up with inferior. So it's not fair to say that they should each hold on and, and not pay each other. Each one should collect. Now this is only true if you if you um, believe, if you're of the opinion, that Idias, Benis, and Ziburis is subjective, depending on what that current owner has. I've all... So whoever whoever's land is middle quality is going to have to come and collect, uh, lower quality is going to have to collect the middle quality land. Because as far as he's concerned, that's considered good land. So the other guy's going to come and collect Ziburis. Because you can always collect the best land that the guy has. So if one guy has Bainanis, that's his idiot. You can collect that. One guy has Ziburis, that's it. That's his idiot. Doesn't matter. When you lent me money, that's what is that's what you have a lean on. The best of what I have. And it happens to be not good. Why should you switch values? Because he holds that it's objective. Ziburis, Idias, and Bainanis, inferior quality, very good, superior quality, very good quality, and middle quality. Is not depending on what type of field you own. It's an objective type of field. And therefore, there's no point in paying off because the bottom line is every, if ever, everybody's going to end up taking back the land that they, that, uh, they uh, the, the best land that they're able to take, which is for him is the Bainus. So, Rav Nachman, according to Rav Nachman, according to, according to Rav Nachman, who, uh, 
who says that the idias beinus and ziburis is subjective. It's not objective. My Why do we say that the owner of the inferior land could come and collect the the beinus? Lacy bal beinus brisha v'ligri ziburis lahadu lega beiniyale gishmakashayla chaver. Listen closely. Listen closely. Who collects first? And this is what's huge. Ready? Frankly, more beautiful shayla. The guy who owns the beinus. And borrowed from the guy who only has Ziburis. So the Ziburis guy is going to take away his Bainanis. So now the guy who had the Bainanis is going to collect from the Ziburis. So you know what he's going to take back? His original Bainanis. Because <laughs> now you have it. So now you have better quality lands. What'd you do? And what's Rav Nachman's opinion? I'll tell you where the Chiddush is. I'll tell you what happened. The, the one who had Ziburis... He was the first one to uh, to come with a, a taina. Soif soif ki also lunik vei bade adadi kosim. Says Gemara, fine. Bottom line is, what if they came together? Oh, is it a race? Very good. And the Gemara is bothered by this. The Gemara says I, we we don't like to say we, we don't want to come up with a game plan where everybody's racing to be first in order to make sure that it works out best to their advantage. Says Gemara el leitzricha. Rather, the chiddush over here is the isle lechad idias ubenis ruvein. Who lent money to Shimon? He owns uh, objectively good land and objectively middle quality land. lechad ziburis, and Shimon, who lent money to Ruvain, only has inferior land ziburis. Mar savar shaman, or savar kol adam shaman. is whether it is objective or whether it is subjective. Tanan. The Chum say that we don't just leave it in each one's pocket, but rather each one should collect. Now this is a Mishnah, so why is Rav Sheshas arguing? I'll tell you why. They, the loans weren't due to be paid up at the same amount of time. And therefore, since they're not meant to be collected at the same time, they're being collected at uh, different times. Even Rav Sheshas will be made, even Rav Sheshas will agree that um, that uh, as soon as the loan is ready to be paid up, he's obligated to 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 pay it, and you can't you can't pull the shtick. You know, you take my business, and now my business is in your your uh, possession. So dummy. What's that case? You're going to tell me that the first guy that came, the the, the first loan that came due was the ten year loan, and the second year that came that came due was the five year loan. Okay, what happened was, first Ruvain lends money to Shimon in the year Tufshin Ayin. And then in the year Tufshin Ayin Zion, 5777, he lends, makes a five-year loan. So there's a 10-year loan and, and a five-year loan. Um, I'm sorry, in five, one loan happens in 5770, and the next loan happens in 5772. So the five-year loan is going to come due in 5777. But the 10-year loan, which started earlier, is not going to come due until, uh, until 5780. So if that's the case, says the Gemara, Baha, in such a circumstance, Lema, we should say, Lema Admain, Admain should say, If I owed you the money, why'd you, uh, why you ever lend to me in the first place? Yeah? That whole svara falls off. However, listen closely. What was the whole machlekes in our mission that we learned on the top? What was the machlekes? Between Adman? 
If, if you have a document saying I owe you money, and I have a document saying that you, owe, that you owe me money, why would you borrow money? Well, if the case is where my loan came due before your loan, I know very well why he borrowed money. Right. It makes a lot of sense. Because you needed money, and I didn't need to pay you back for another seven years. So there's no svarah. The time to pay off that loan hasn't yet come. So the case has to be the first, the, the first transaction that happened was a five-year loan and the second transaction that happened was a 10-year loan. Okay? So now this is where Adwine comes in and, um, and says, uh, why'd you borrow? Why'd you borrow? You could have just taken the money that, uh, that was coming to you. Says Gemara in that case as well. Hechi dami. What's the case? If the loan, the time was already up, my time of the Rabbanon. What's the Svara for the Rabbanon who says that each, uh, each document is going to be able to be collected? Admin has a good taina. If I owed you the money, why would you do it? Why, why would you uh, lend me? Why would you lend me money? My time in the admin. So either way, maman of shach answers the gemara. Last step for this mahalach, uh, this approach. The case is where um, one loan took place mamish the day where the, the the second loan took place the day that the first loan was meant to be paid up. So again, Ruvain lends a thousand dollars to Shimon. Shimon has a document that he lent Ruvain $1,000 and it's dated the day that Shimon's document had, that Ruvain's document had Shimon paying him back. Understand the problem? Again, let's go back to our Mishnah. What was this for the Mishnah? For those who, who, uh, who uh, were, were logging on online and weren't here, Mamish, when we started. So here's what's going on. Again, Nachamal. Ruvain lends money to Shimon, he has a document, $1,000. Shimon pulls out a document that Ruvain owes him $1,000. Admin had said, well, <laughs> why are we doing this to each other? Yeah? The, the second document has to be valid and the first document is nullified. Why? Because why in the world would Ruvain borrow money from Shimon when Shimon owes him that money? Would Reuven borrow money from Shimon if Shimon, would Reuven borrow $1,000 from Shimon if Shimon owed him $1,000? No, he would collect the $1,000. He wouldn't borrow it. So why is there a second document? It must be the first document is null and void. It's not effective anymore. And we're trying to solidify what's that case. The Gemara is explaining the case is only, it only makes sense if the second document that Shimon lent money to Reuven is dated the day that Shimon was supposed to pay back Ruvain. So now we're going to say, why'd you borrow money if I didn't pay you back? So one opinion is that a person, yeah, a person uh, will borrow money for one day. He'll borrow money for a day. Yeah. Because I need a short-term loan. A person's not going to uh, go through that, even if it's for... A, 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 if it's for an incredibly short amount of time, he's, he knows money's coming to him today or tomorrow, whatever it is, he's not going to start borrowing money. Hence, uh, the second document will knock off the uh, abilities of the first document. Okay. Rami Barchama, Am Rami Barchama says, Hachabi Yasme Askinan, our Mishnah is dealing with orphans. The Yasme Migvagavi. Orphans can always collect loans 
of their father. However, you can't collect from them. Orphans always have the upper hand. Where if, if their father has a document stating somebody owed him money, the orphans can collect that. If somebody else has a document stating that the father owed them money, they, they, uh, you, you can't collect the chiyuvim of the father from the assignment. Okay, now... Once everything's uh, figured out and you have that Petrupis and the trustees and all that, but mainly you'll get paid back. But you have to keep it over here as two separate transactions. That's for, that's for sure. You have to keep it two separate transactions. Okay. Fine. Says the Gemara. We can't collect from them. Says the Gemara, one second. But it says each one collects. So what it means is that one could collect, who's that? The assignment. And the other one would have been able to collect, but he can't. Because right now there's nothing to take from. Rava says, no, I'll, I'll give you two responses. First of all, yeah, it says that everything's, each one collected. Don't tell me that collected means it's right to collect. I don't like that. Collected means imam is collected. That's first of all. And furthermore, furthermore, the Let's collect from the land of the assignment. And then go back like for them. Again, you're going to collect from one, one pocket and just shift it back to the other pocket because if we collect the assignment to uh, take any chiyuvim, any debts that are coming into the estate, so now they collect it. Fine. Once. Now, five months later, once Besdin's figured this all out, now somebody else is going to be able to collect from that estate, from the estate of the assignment. Well, this land's part of the assignment, so the guy is just going to go ahead and take his land right back. So Gemara says, Kasha, yeah, it's good, it's good Kasha. It's Kasha how, how uh, it'll work out. So Gemara says, Vlukma, why don't we say, the Isluhu liasmeid ziburis, vislul didei idis benis? It should, it's not, shouldn't be such a question, because maybe we'll say, again, there was different qualities of land. The Yazli Yasmi Gavu Bainas. So the Yasim are gonna go and collect the average land. Umagvule Ziburis and then they're gonna only have to pay back with Ziburis land. With with cheaper quality land. Dinami Bishal Kal Odomain Shaman because if it's an objective payment, ha in pro minchasim yasim ella miziburis. We know in general that even though Yusaimim could collect Bainanis, you could always the rule is whenever you're collecting from Yusaimim, it's always gonna you can only collect from there's Yiburis, so why don't we say that's what Rami Barchama means? Answer the Gemara, no. The only time we say that when you collect from Yisayimim at Ziburis is if it's Lechatchila, if it hasn't been done yet. But let's say he already took the, the middle quality land, so then Tafas, um, he will, it's already taken and he's allowed to hold on to it. Bottom line is over here, we're the other guy who has a document against the assignment is already in possession of the Bainanis. It's as if he already took it from the assignment and he's not going to have to give it to them. Okay, period, end of that Gemara. Now we are moving on from Admain's seven halachas. And for the rest of today's daf, we're going to talk about a brand new, incredible topic incredible mamish topic that has to do with the obligations of a home to be established 
with Kedusha and with expected, um, we'll call it expected, um, expected maintenance, expected upkeep, the the style of the home, what sort of home, yeah, North Shore Sears. You know, you know the joke. They they say there was a there was a Jewish woman that asked to be buried in Bloomingdale's. This way, her daughters would visit her once a week. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. Really, a beautiful, beautiful topic. Even if some of us may feel that it's not so naigea, think about the lessons that this that this Mishnah Gemara is going to uh, throw at us. It is beyond incredible. Here we go. There's three different areas of land when it comes to marriage, says Rashi. Thank you, Hashem, for Rashi. Rashi says, what do you mean three, three types of land? When somebody gets married, once you're married, you cannot force your wife to move to a different locale that she's uncomfortable with. What type of locale? However, what's, what's considered a locale? What's considered a locale? So there's three different areas when it comes to marriage <coughs> that a husband is either permitted or not permitted to f- kind of force his family to come along. And we'll see a wife also has rights in this. Okay? Yehuda, ve'ever hayardein v'agalil. The three areas are Judea, Yehuda, ever hayardein, and v'agalil. Okay? The Galil we know is to the north, Judea is towards the south, and Abraham Yardin is right outside Eretz Yisrael. Now, says the Mishnah, A person cannot force his wife to move from one, either Yehuda to the Galil, Galil to Yehuda, Abraham Yardin, from one regular city to another regular city. I'm going to see why this word regular city is important. Umikrach lekrach, or from town to town. I'll, meaning, I can't, if, if I live and I got married in Yehuda, I cannot, in a regular city, I cannot have my wife, force my wife to move me to a regular city in Avrayardi. And vice versa. And if I live in a town in one of these places, I can't force my wife to move to a town, a suburb, in a different place. Okay? Now we're going to see why this word city and suburb is important. Aval but. Ba'isa ha'aretz, within Yehuda and Gal, or Galil or Evrayardain, might see a miriel mikrach lekrach. If you live in Yehuda, you can have your wife move from one city in Yehuda to another city in Yehuda. I don't want to move. You know what? You live in the Midwest of the United States. Yeah. Right now you live in St. Louis. Chicago is not so much different. We're going to move to Chicago. You don't like it? Fine. Well, if you want to leave, I, if you want to leave, I don't need to give you a ksuba. Because you're mishubid to come with me. From city to city. Now, if uh, somebody wants to move from one city in Yehuda to a city in the Galil, and the wife says we're not coming, he's not gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna have to pay her aksuba if she demands a divorce because of that. But if it's within this, if it's, if it's within these limits and boundaries, that is, we'll call it normal enough or expected enough that even if somebody's uncomfortable, the family is obligated to move along. They, okay. Can they force her, him to get a get? Let's keep going. Let, let's, 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 there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fantastic and incredible information. So let, let's keep on. Top of Amr Beis. 
This is incredible. The Gemara is going to explain why. You cannot have your wife within the same Yehuda, let's say, or Galil, you can't take her from, a, from the big city a to a small town. town or, vice or vice versa. Why? So we'll see the Gemara because each one has its milas. We'll call it in-towners versus out-of-towners. In-towners say, how can you live out of town? I love the hustle and bustle and the restaurants and the this and the matziv and the whole thing. Okay, there's something to it. And out-of-towners are going to say, traffic, smog, the air's pathetic, gefährlich, right? Rather go out of town. We don't want, we don't want to waste our money on restaurants. We don't want to do it right? on, 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 on fast food. And is, is everybody right? Everybody's right. Everybody's different. And therefore, a husband is not allowed to force, we're going to use the word force, you're not allowed to force his wife to move from a big city to a small town or from a small town to a big city because each one has its advantages for her. You're not allowed to force that type of change. You can ask your wife, you not ask your wife, a person could force, require his wife to move from a worse home to a to a better home, which again we'll uh, we'll have to explain what that means. Um, you know, let's just see Rashi, the second line of Rashi. Well, let's keep. Let's read one more line, then we'll see Rashi. You can't have her move from a better home to a worse off home. Okay, no. Even from a smaller, we'll call it worse home, you can't force her to move to a better home. Why? Because change is very hard for anybody. Says Rashi. Listen to this. Rashi says, People get stomach aches and stomach ailments from change. There's a Misa, the story, somebody came to Rebel Yashiv. And he said, he said, Rebbe, I'm petrified. He said, what are you scared of? He says, I have everything going for me in my life. I have everything. Oh, and it's unusual. It's unusual. I, I, my life's so great, I've never received a kapara. I, I'm nervous, because I'm not a perfect person. I, I've never received a kapara. Well, Yashiv, listen to this, Well, Yashiv says, have you ever had to move? He said, yeah, I've moved a few times. He said, don't worry, you've gotten a kapara. Moving and change is nisht pushit. It's not a simple thing. Even on the same, listen, true, but even, even the same city, a few blocks away from a home, it takes time. It takes time. You're mamish and gullus till you settle into your new house. It's nish pushit. People are like, oh, and then, and then sometimes at different stages of life, everybody's like, you move from this house to that, and downsize, it'll be easier. People don't realize it's nisht azai pushit. It's not as simple as it looks. Oh, just move to a different place. Move to a different... No, 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 no. Change is hard for anybody, and it's, it's, it, it can me be debilitating. I'm sure many of us <clears throat> have seen... I've personally seen this firsthand with others. Um... And I mean, I've seen my own family, just the, the children and the, cha- and the shake-up. I've seen it with, with family members. People move and, and things change for them. It's, 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 it's not pashat. It's really not a simple thing. And that's what Reb Shimon is saying in our mission. It's a fantastic idea. What a beautiful concept. He says, 
even from a uh, from a better even from a worse home to a better home, a wife has a right to tell her husband, I'm st- I prefer my little rental apartment than the mansion you want to buy me. I'm not interested in moving. Sorry. And he can't force her to move. That's what Rishon Gamal says. Says Gamar Bishlami early ear, it makes sense to move from one city to another city to be krach shichi komili. Listen, in a krach, you can have whatever you want. Yeah? You go to Brooklyn, you go to Lakewood, ah, what do you need? What do you need? You got it. Whatever you need, you got it. In a, in a ear, I, I translated ear to be a city and krach a town. It's, it's the opposite. I'm sorry. Yeah. Krach, we're going to translate as a larger city and ear is a smaller city. What's the issue for moving from a town to a metropolitan area? To which the Gemara says, And we know this. Most of us here are, are uh, we'll call out of towners, yeah, for, for our city. How do you know living in a big city is not easy? Enter your favorite city here. The people blessed everybody who were misnadvim. You know what misnadvim means? They gave up of themselves as an adava to dwell in Yerushalayim. If you live in Yerushalayim, come on, the best of the best. Take a step back. Okay. Says the Gemara, says, remember, even from a worse house to a better house, you can't force it. My baidik. What do you mean by its baidik? When you move to a bigger house, it kind of checks you out. So it checks you out. What does that mean? A change of your normal cycle. Anybody's regular normal schedule can bring on ailment. Seder, having order in one's life, is a very important zach. It's a very important thing. Kosov b'sefer ben sira kol yomai ani ra'im. All the days of a ani are bad. What does it mean? All days are bad. Ask the Gemara of Ika Shabbosos v'yam taivim. What about Shabbos and Yom Tov? Is gavalt? Incredible. Says the Gemara. Shabbos and Yom is beautiful. However, when a poor person has no food the whole week, kiddushmul d'amar shmul shina vest chilas chalam yayim shkayach on Shabbos and Yom Tov. They have they're going to have better food and they'll be invited out for meals, but. The, their health, their health is not good. In an extreme way, we know, Nebuch, we know, after the Holocaust, when Yidin, a lot of Yidin died when they started eating. They, they pushed it, they couldn't handle it. Now that's an extreme, that's an extreme reality. Over that, the idea, the concept that Shmuel is saying is, all the days are bad. Aye, they have food, Shabbos and Yom Tif. That's also bad. The food is delicious, but it's not healthy to have a certain diet on some days and a different diet, you know, uh, one day a week. Not only are days bad, but nights are also bad. And there's a whole tire on this, but we don't have time right now. Because usually poor people have lower roofs and therefore the gutters of the taller homes run to the lower homes. Umarayim harim karmai and their vineyards are on top of mountains, so all the water they don't want comes on them, and all the water that they do want flows down to others. Memter gagam the gagam offer karma the krav. You know it, it goes to their roofs, but it leaves their soil. Basically, they don't they're not able to live in the best real estate, and the land that they own also is not going to be the the best land either, simply because they can't afford it. Hence, it's not only the days 
the style of life that they live, but even even the night times when they're not even working, um, as they say, uh, you know, the, as the saying goes, the rich get richer and the poor get poor, and that's and this is part of it. This is part of the the downside of being cheap, um, which you know, as hopefully our parents taught us. I know my parents would would uh, tell me that I, I don't have enough money to be cheap. That's what uh, she said. Menachem, you're not rich enough to be cheap. Yeah, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You got to buy this for a week, and then it's going to break. And you buy another one. You, you can't afford it. <laughs> Sometimes you have to learn how to how to uh, you know to buy something that's proper proper quality, even if it's going to stretch you a little bit right now. Okay. <clears throat> Next Mishnah. Hakol, we're continuing now. However, this is amazing. Hakol Malin Anybody, husband or wife, can force Aliyah on the entire family. You cannot force a Yerida. You cannot force people to leave Eretz Yisrael if either spouse decides, I am moving to Eretz Yisrael. If a wife decides, I moved to Eretz Yisrael, the husband has to go with her. And if he doesn't want to go with her, he has to give her a get with a ksuba. If a husband wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, the wife has to go with him. If she doesn't want to, he doesn't need to pay her ksuba. Because her chiv is to go to Eretz Yisrael. As we're going to... As we're going to get into the tremendous mitzvah of uh, of living in Eretz Yisrael, uh, is this a din in Eretz Yisrael, or is it a din in the desire of a husband to go somewhere or the wife to go somewhere? It's a din in Eretz Yisrael. Din in Eretz Yisrael, din in Eretz Yisrael strictly. Yeah, it it's not. Give her a get, or can you just go to Eretz Yisrael and leave her behind? No, he's to give her a get. You can't just you, you, you never, never let her just leave your wife hanging like that. I mean, give her a get with a ksuba. That's what it means. As for, within the marriage. Well, if she wants. But if she wants a divorce, of course you have to, you have to, you're to divorce her. Same thing is true with Eretz Yisrael to Yerushalayim. You can have your family move to Yerushalayim, but in Akkom, you can't force your family to leave Yerushalayim. This applies to husbands or wives. Nosa Isha of Eretz Yisrael. It's going to be interesting. The Gemara will explain this. If somebody marries a woman in Eretz Yisrael, and they get divorced in Eretz Yisrael, so you have to pay her the currency of Eretz Yisrael. Again, think about it. It's fascinating. You, you wrote a ksuva to your wife because you got married in Eretz Yisrael. She wrote it there in Shkolem. And then you get divorced with a different currency elsewhere. Because that was the original arrangement. There, even though the original arrangement was from Kaputkia, still you're going to pay off in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Shimon says, no. He says, Tzvara is whatever the original uh, monetary arrangement was, and if it was in Kaputkia, it's in Kaputkia. Okay? Uh, last, last halach of the Mishnah, sorry. Okay? That's that's obvious. Good. So we'll get in, we'll we'll uh, we'll get into that. Rashi, interestingly, just to get an idea of where the Gemara is going to be going with this, if you look at the last Rashi on the Mishnah, Rashi says Mois Kaputkia. You see that short Rashi? They were much heavier um, coins than they would have in Eretz Yisrael, and apparently it was a bigger pain in the neck to deal with. Kaputkia. So it seems people actually preferred the uh, you know the Israeli. Currency, but okay. It says the Gemara, Zok the Gemara, Hakol Malin. Everybody can make Aliyah. 
And you can tell your family, you got to come with me. Lasuye Mai, who's that coming to include? Says the Gemara, Lasuye Avodim. This is coming to include Avodim. It's coming to include in Eved Ivri. All right? If you own an Eved Ivri and you live in the United States of America and you want to move to Arjizon, you have this Eved Ivri for four more years. This Eved Ivri must go along with the Mishpacha. He's coming along. Says the Gemara, According to the one who holds that uh, Avodim are, are listed in the Mishnah. Apparently there's another, um, there's another um, Lushen, which includes Hakol, which even mentions Avodim. So now what is Hakol coming to include? Lasuye Mai. Who else is it coming to include if Avodim is already included? And Zegmar Lasuye Minova Hayafa Linova Hara. Includes someone who's going to move from a big mansion in the United States to a little apartment in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, a spouse could still tell their family we're going to Eretz Yisrael, even if it means a major downsizing, a major change in dwelling, because it's in Eretz Yisrael. That's what it's coming to include. So what does it mean? Hakol, everybody? Everybody is not referring to the person, it's referring to the setup. Any setup is, can, be, can be forced as long as you make it to Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, go ahead. It says Hakol, and we're talking about individuals. Is it... The decision makers, i.e. the husband and the yeah. wife. Yeah, spouse. Or could it be a kid or an avid? No, because it's, it's referring to the spouse. I'll tell you why. Because really, if you think about it, this whole idea of forcing, nobody's forced to go with a kid. Here we're just dealing with really with the non That's what we mean, to force as far as are you going to be mechuiv to pay exuba or not pay exuba. But anybody else, anybody else is a gezuntahit. I mean, they want to they run off, run off. It's not going to change any financial situations. All right, says more of Eina Komitzim, but not everybody can force Yerida. Lashi Yimai, who's it going to include? Lashi Eved Shabarach Michutz Laaretz Yisrael. Incredible. Here's an Eved Kanani. Yep, that runs from Chutz Laaretz to Eretz Yisrael. He's free. He 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 left against the owner's will. You have an you have Eved Kanani that's owned by Yid in Chveis, Alaska. Right. The Eved Kanani runs to Eretz Yisrael. The Yid cannot force his Eved Kanani to leave Eretz Yisrael. I thought that when an Eved, when Eved went to Eretz Yisrael, he, he was freed. He Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're going to get into this. Says the Gemara, we're going to say to the owner in Alaska, sell the servant here, and you go back home. There's a Yish of Eretz Yisrael to live in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, fine. Now, this is why, by the way, Menachem, this is why um, the the statement that you made is true. That's why it's a true statement. Okay. Um, uh, the 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 reason is is because since you can't force him to leave, you're gonna have to figure out another package of ultimately freeing him. You now you don't need to take a financial loss. Everybody's gonna agree on that. Unless you go there also, then he's your slave. Yes. Slave. Yeah. Then he would remain your slave. Yeah. That's what it seems. Hakol Malni Rushalayim. Everybody goes up to Yerushalayim. Who's that coming to include? You live in a big mansion in Tzfas. To move to an apartment in Yerushalayim, you could do that. Tell your family to come to you. Okay. Fine. Now as the Mishra is being consistent, if you notice the expressions between Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim. All right. Says the Gemara Vaitir, Mamish, incredible stuff. Tan Rabban and the rabbis learned, and so should we. 
Who Aimer Lalis? A husband says, We're going off to Eretz Yisrael. We're on our way, great Lord, we're on our way. To Canaan land. Vihi Aimeres, no, we're not. Shalai Lalis. Yeah, beautiful niggin, and I like that you're in Kalbach, but we're not on our way to Canaan land. And it ain't happening. So we force her to go up. Okay, now what does it mean force her? Vimlab. She says, I'm not going. Fine. So, so the, there's a get, but he doesn't need to pay off her ksuba. Because Lamaisa, she had a chiv to, to go along. She, she's choosing her way out of this. He What if the wife says, I'm going up? He's like, I ain't coming. She says, we're moving to Israel. He's like, no, we're not. We force him to go up with her. He says, I'm not. We say, okay, give her a divorce with a ksuba. Because you got to go up. Same thing with, with Yerushalayim. He has Lutzes. She says, I want to leave Eretz Yisrael. I said Yerushalayim. Over here is talking about leaving. She says, I want to leave. And he says, I want to stay in Eretz Yisrael. So we tell her, listen, you can't just leave. Then love, if she leaves, she can leave. He doesn't have to pay her Ksuba. He says, let's leave. She says, no, I want to stay in Eretz Yisrael. We say you got to stay with your Rebbitzin. And if he doesn't, if he says I'm leaving, say, so then he's to divorce her, the eating ksuva, and pay off her ksuva. Yeah. Zokt the Gemara Vaiter two dots. Nasa Isha. Somebody marries a woman that's going the location where they got married. How much, you know, what type of currency do you pay off with? Hagufa Kasha, the mission itself is a contradiction. Katani, we learn Nasa Isha, Beretz Yisrael, Vagersha, Bekaputkia, if you marry her, it's all divorce her in Kaputkia. You go by the place where you got married. Look at the Mishnah. You go by the time of collection. What's the Svara here? This is one of the coolest, the leniencies of a Ksuba. Now, why is there a leniency of a Ksuba? Because remember, Ksubas are all Midrabanan. And when you have a machlaikas, when it comes to ksuba, we're going to follow more of a lenient approach. So this is one, one area where we're going to always follow the more lenient place on the husband. Kasava our ksuva derabonan, our tanakama holds that ksuva is midrabonan. Okay? Kasava ksuva mid... Okay, and he holds that ksuva is derabonan. And therefore, whichever way is, whichever place is going to be easier on the husband to pay her off... That's what we're going to obligate. And this is why Rashi on the Mishnah kicked in and said that the money of Eretz Yisrael was easier to schlep around than the money of Kaputkia. Hence, um, I, is it, do you go by the place of marriage? Do you go by the place of collection? The answer is, whatever is easier for the husband. That's the answer. Whatever is easier on the husband. Okay, says the Gemara, says the Gemara Viter. Two dots. Back to our Mishnah. Rav Shingli Alayim, Rav Shingli says, Naisen la mi mais kaputkiya. He pays with the money of kaputkiya. Why? Zokti Gamara, kasavar da'iraisa. He holds that ksuba starts and is sourced da'iraisa. Sourced da'iraisa. Tan Rabbana, the rabbis, that's why they're rabbis. Let's explain. Hamaytzi shtar chavei a person who has a notice of debt about his friend Kaisiv, Bavel 
If he writes the location, you follow that location. If he doesn't write a specific location, if he writes it Stam, then it depends where he's collecting. If he's collecting in Bavel, you pay from Bavel. If he's collecting in Eretz you pay in Eretz Yisrael. Kosov by Kesef Stam, let's say he just writes silver. So, whatever, whatever type of uh, silver. You go to the, huh, you go to the bank, and you want to take out money, they say, how do you want your money? Tens, twenties, fifties, singles, what do, you, what do you want over here? Yeah, so whatever, however the borrower wants to pay off, he could pay, I'll tell you a funny Misa, with somebody who came to visit uh, uh, St. Louis, is cute, is yeshiva guy, Misa Shehoyakachoya, the guy was laughing, it happened with him, but he told this to me, he said he was shopping in Aldi's, this guy got married, real yeshivish guy, never, like, no connection to the world of finance, anything, like, out. So, the, uh, he went shopping in Aldi on Erev Shabbos, and he gave his debit card. He doesn't know what a debit card is, you understand? He knows, you give a card, he figured it's a card, I don't know, it's, you know. So, he, he gives them a card, and um, the cashier says, do you want cash back? So he's like, okay, sure. So the cashier says to him, how much do you want? He's like, how much do you want to give me? <laughs> like, he didn't know. He's like, what's cash back? Like, you're just giving me money? Like, no shaykhs. Like, like out to lunch. <laughs> the guy started laughing at him. He's like, forget it. I'm not giving you. Like, you know. So he, afterwards he came home, his wife started laughing at him. So he was, you know, when he came to shul, he was telling me over, he's like, I got to figure out what's going on with all this. But uh, the, whatever the guy wants, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever the borrower wants, he could pay him off. Because it's, again, it said, it said coins in uh, simple terms. Um, which is not true by Aksuva. Ahai, what's halacha is it going on? Amr Visharshia. Arisha, it's going on the first halacha. Aksuva de Raisa. Well, Aksuva is de Oi Raisa. Over here we see it's Darabana. Okay? Kosovoi Kesav Stam, Mashir to Levi Gavayu, the Ema Nascha. Why don't we say it's referring to a Nascha, a specific type of silver? Amr Rabbi Laza, Rabbi Laza says it can't be referring to a Nascha, the Chsiv Bey Matbeya. Because it says matbeah, and matbeah is referring to a specific. Uh, matbeah means a coin. It's a type of currency. It says the Gemara, how do you know it's matbeah? Vema priti, amar of papa, priti de the inji. No, pre- pe- usually when people have prutus, it's made out of copper or some other type of metal. It's usually not made out of silver. Okay, we are now up to Tanu Rabbanon. About, we are seven lines to the bottom of Kufir Mabez. We're going to hold it here. For today, Beshem will pick up from Tanra Abonim because it is starting the sugya of tomorrow's daf, even though it is a very long daf tomorrow, but the, the sugya does start over here. So we'll hold it here for today, Beshem. Tomorrow we will pick up at 6.40 p.m., hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a gitten chaydish. Wonderful, wonderful chaydish.